Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the last podcast's year in review special. Normally, this is where we would start doing a bit about how we're in a cabin where we've been reincarnated <laughs> in another world where every day is Christmas, but there's no way I'm getting this edited in time for Christmas since we are recording it on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. We'll be lucky if I'm done for New Year. So, hi guys, my name is Jeremy. Hi, I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. And I'm Kevin. <laughs> and we survived 2022. It wasn't as hard as 2021, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but but I, we're I the it. future. That's the bit to this time. Yes. <laughs> we were isekai to the future. How about that new Doctor Strange movie, huh? I'm excited. So am I. Still need to see Spider-Man. Uh, you should. it's really good. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited I, for the next Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. Oh, it's we survived 2021. It wasn't as hard as 2020, but mm-hmm. it was still trying. Mm -hmm. Like all years, it felt like it started yesterday and lasted one million years. (laughs) More so this year than I think previous years, for me specifically. It was a million and a half years. And yet it feels like it was yesterday that we were doing the last one of these. No, that was a million and a half years ago. (laughs) Plus like six days. I have lived three lifetimes since the last time we recorded one of these. Do we want to pretend we're a video game podcast still? That's what we used to pretend to be. <laughs> we want to talk about some media we consumed, like always, like the good old days? Sure. Yeah, my, my list of video games is extremely long. I had a hard time narrowing it down to just three. Really? Uh, I have the exact opposite problem. of My list of video yeah. games was like five. Yeah. I had a really weirdly easy time of pick, of picking the games in their slots. It was just one of those things where it's like, I guess it's going to default to this one because I haven't played anything better than it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've got these three, and then I'm like, oh, wow, I played a lot of games that I think are interesting and worth talking about this year. Um, Not all of them came out this year, but... Yeah, see, my problem was I played one game for half the year. (laughs) Yeah. Do we want to start with most disappointing and work our way up? Sure. That seems like a way to do it. What are your disappointing games, Tyler? So the one I actually wrote down on my list was My Time in Portia, um, which is, like, supposed to be this, like, kind of Harvest Moon-inspired, like, crafting sandbox simulator game. It all sounds great. All the ideas are there. None of the exit, like everything is like a quarter executed. Uh, <laughs> One of the things that struck me as weird, and you just reminded me of that, mentioning that it's a Harvest Moon like, Rune Factory is on Steam. Oh, weird. I like yeah, it, it recently got added to Steam. I don't know. It had a lot of premise. Um, I, I actually kickstarted the sequel because it looks like they took a lot of the feedback from people who liked Porsche. Like, there are a lot of g- people who liked the game and said, man, it sure sucks that the combat is repetitive as... I don't know. I was trying to come up with something really repetitive. Something really repetitive. Mountain Dew. <laughs> repetitive <laughs> as Mountain Dew. Um, I had, like, a weird number of runners up for most disappointing. I'm just going to briefly call out Subnautica Below Zero while I really liked it. I think was also very disappointing. All right. Any other runners up you wanted to mention? Um, the other other one I don't think is a surprise to anyone who, like, listens to us talk about stuff, but Bravely Default too. So, still a fun game. I still enjoy the class systems. Just not the the brave, original Bravely Default, I think, was a much more interesting premise. Zach, what's our most disappointing game of the year? <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Oh, I thought you might go for that. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wondered if you'd go for that, but also you had no expectations of it, which means it. No, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for the game that actually managed it. But at the same time, it still managed to disappoint, which makes it worse. And that game is... Super Robot Wars 30. I was ready for a new Super Robot Wars. We didn't get one last year. Every time I play a Super Robot Wars game, I'm more disappointed in it, though. So they tricked me. I think this is the last time they tricked me. I don't think I buy the next one. 
I think I will probably buy the next one if I like the mecha list again. And I do still like the franchise. It's just like this time around, they went with more of a free open, like flow sandbox type of thing, which I think hurts it more than helps it. Because it kind of really drives home the fact that the gameplay gets really easy, really fast. And some things like Red 5 are ridiculously overpowered. Uh, if you can use them and you get, don't get the glitch where they tick Red 5 away from you and you just can't play with it. And then when they patch it out, your game crashes whenever you try to use a spell. <laughs> I haven't played since that came up. But yeah, like the fact that they're, it's extremely buggy. The most of the actually, I think most of the series work. I, I do like what they did with the veteran characters floating around. Also, nobody can name the grunt suit from Victory Gundam because all the characters call it the one with the tire, and you get an error string in the name column when you look at it. It's got an error string there. It's actually <laughs> That's kind a pretty of good funny. Joke. <laughs> they no, they no, patched it out. It, it was a mistake. It's oh, not a joke. Okay. Like they they screwed up on the programming side of things. Purple two. That's one of the most broken skills I've ever come across. To be fair, there's always something crazy, crazy broken in a Super Robot Wars. And I'll I'm not being facetious. The Majestic Prince characters are Blue 1, Purple 2, Rose 3, yes, uh, Gold, Gold four. 4, Red 5, and Black 6. <sighs> they made it just to make that joke. <laughs> no, actually, I think it's just because the characters, or the, the things, that's just what they call them. They don't give them any kind of like anime name. I think it's more a Power Rangers thing than a Star Wars thing, but I think they didn't shy away from that on purpose. They'll put Darling in the Fronks in the next one, and they'll be like, yeah, I want to see that part where they have makeup sex so hard their robot goes Super Saiyan, and see how that interacts, how Amuro Ray reacts to that. Um, and I'll buy Vaughn it, needs but... to be in that one, too, because that Jigen would be force them per... to get married at Sword Point? He doesn't do that in, in 30, I don't think. Just force all the Darling in the Fronks characters to get married at Sword Point. Uh, well, I mean, Darling in the Fronks is one of the only series in which there is a wedding on screen. True. But overall, like, the game, super disappointing. The character mobile suit, eh? Like, it doesn't really do anything for me. I like your battleship, though. I mean, it's another... I, I complain about this every Super Robot Wars game. It's another vector for power, something you don't need more of in Super <laughs> Robot Wars games. No, I mean, I, I just like the, the battle, oh. like the look of the battleship, the design of it. It's fine. I need it to have, like, another unlockable attack, because just having cannons gets really boring. It has missile pods. Just having cannons gets really boring. Do you have any runners up, Zach? Uh, runners up for game for disappointing. Yeah, for disappointingness. <laughs> Not really. Now that I think about it, like, well, I guess, I guess phasmophobia would probably fall in there. It's a game with potential, but it's overly complicated and kind of obnoxious to deal with. I guess so. we did play that last year. That came out last year, so I was. Or we we this, played it. We this played year. it this year. I, that came out last year, so I wasn't even considering it. You guys did. Yeah, well, what's your disappointing? What's, what are you disappointed in, Kevin? So uh, I have an interesting uh, way my list works. So my... Mi <laughs> are all three of them Final Fantasy fourteen? No. That's all you played this year. <laughs> my most disappointing game of this year was Wild Burning Crusade Classic. Yeah, which is kind of not WoW's fault in a lot of way. It's kind of our social dynamics fault. It was runner-up for me. But the more I thought about it, while 
I was a little disappointed in Burning Crusade. I'm more disappointed in Blizzard the company. That's yes, not the that, game's that fault. Is, that is and, totally fair. And the reason we're not playing it is not the game. It's the social group that was playing the game fractured in a... I mean, that might make it sound like we're not friends anymore, which is not the case. No, but. it was no, more... It's just... It was honestly more... There was the whole Blizzard thing going on, which was causing some issues anyway. And the other thing that just made it super disappointing was we had been having fun playing regular Classic, uh, then Burning Crusade Classic come out, and I never actually made it to the new zone. For me, that's just kind of the wow experience. Like that to me is the perfect encapsulation of Burning Crusade. Although me and Zach did go to the new zone and did play it a little bit, just the two of us. Um, yeah, with the other characters, because it was like, all right, you know what? I'm, you know, I was kind of done with my original Crusade or my original classic, classic character. character. Yeah, it was like I'm more interested in playing this paladin. We're gonna have fun, and we did. And then it, you know, kind of didn't, and we started playing, I started playing another thing, which was my best game of the year. Well, you started playing another thing because of the, well, I guess in large part, because of social issues around our playing WoW group. Yeah. Which, again, that makes it sound like we're not friends anymore, (laughs) but it wasn't really, we're not friends anymore, it was life happened to one member, and it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, our original game night essentially got scheduled over to where we couldn't play at the same or we couldn't play at the same time anymore so i think it was like a month of one of us couldn't make it yeah and it was a different one each time until it was like yeah we just we can't no, get I, together and play it, anymore. it was largely the one guy we were playing with that's not on the mics but i don't want to go into exactly <laughs> what the problem was well, on i remember the mic since he's not here yeah i remember there was one week where i couldn't make it for some reason I, leading up to that there was a bunch of one person cancels but yeah. that is ultimately what killed it like I said, it was a runner-up for me, but it's not really the game's fault. It isn't, but I didn't play that many games. Yeah, oh, same, same. That's why it was a runner-up for Yes. Me. All right, do we want to do most interesting next? Sure. Did, did you do your actual most disappointing, oh, Jeremy? Is, Super is, Robot is, Wars 30? Yeah, oh. yeah, 30 is. Like I said, I, they're going to trick me. They're going to put Iron-Blooded Orphans and Darling in the Franks and Gundam Seed, the new movie, in there. And Modoc is going to be in there. And I'm like, how does that work? And they're going to get me. <laughs> One of the things that they really need to do in the Super Robot Wars games to really get them back to actually being a lot of fun to play, besides just let me read through your story, they need to give them some teeth. Well, and there's even a harder difficulty, and that's hard for like two levels before you level up, and then you're fine. Except for the escort missions, which are impossible on the highest difficulty, because your escorts will attack into things that murder them. <laughs> like good a job, good guys. AI. What do you have at most interesting, Tyler? So this was also a contender for best uh, was Inscription. If you haven't played it and you have any interest in roguelike deck builders and meta games, 100% recommend it. Inscription. Very good. I should probably play it. <laughs> I uh, think I would like it. Yeah, no, it's it's a very good, like, it's a very good roguelike deck builder all on its own. And also it's got all the other stuff going on, which makes it just way more interesting. Runner up also is Baba Is You. Just very solid puzzle game. Zach, what do you have there? Phasmophobia, like, the game has a lot going on, and I'm not sure I really want to take all the extra effort in order to learn everything, because it seems more like one of those games where when you're just fumbling through it, it's kind of frustrating, especially because a lot of the tools don't give you a lot of feedback, but the way they went about, like, creating this idea of, like, a ghost hunter is kind of a neat idea. It's just that lack of feedback and everything like that really drives it down. Interesting premise. Not really a fun game, though. Yeah, I, I kind of want to make a mod where everyone is Zach Bagans. I know there's a Scooby-Doo mod. <laughs> <laughs> Can 
Kevin, what do you got at most interesting? So I'm going to start with some runners up of, I couldn't put these on the list technically because I haven't actually played them, but these were <laughs> several games that I purchased this year that I'm very interested in playing if I wasn't so absorbed playing Final Fantasy. So one of them was Wandersong. I started that a little while ago. It's pretty fun. Yeah, like it looked really cool. I'm really interested to try it. Uh, another one is Hades. Psychonauts 2 came out this year. Heard it's good? Yeah. yeah. beating all expectations yeah i'm super excited to try that but funnily enough the most interesting game for me this year was subverse really i played five games (laughs) five i I don't even know what subverse is so porn okay (laughs) i think i've talked about it on mic with you before okay so i have some runners up i'm I'm totally cheating for my most interesting Uh, so i'll start with the runners up humankind (laughs) I think will be a good game in about a year's time. Provided they continue to support it. Yes, absolutely that. I think it's going to get mired in some DLC stuff too, because there's lots of easy avenues for them. But I expected it to be at like a 5.6, and it's more like a 6.7. Like, beat my expectations there. I just started playing a game called Against the Storm, and I don't think it deserves this, because I think it's recency bias. It's also one of those held hostage by Epic Games games, but it's only six bucks. It is a roguelike city builder game. Okay, interesting. You have to place a city on a map, and then you play it up to a certain goal. You're trying to fulfill certain objectives, and when you do, you get resources that you use to unlock permanent upgrades for your next city. It's very interesting. My most interesting game is Ace Attorney, and it's I played that before. It was just Zach's reaction to actually enjoying Ace Attorney that I liked so much. I'd kind of forgotten about Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney is very good. It's a lot. Of, I just finished the circus trial. Like uh, I'm playing it very slowly right now. I did that. If you replaced slowly with with, with, with extreme speed, <laughs> yes. What do you have as your best game, Tyler? Some honorable mentions. I just started Death's Door, and it might have taken the top spot if I had actually beaten it. Uh, especially since I've heard good things about the narrative. Yeah. Griftlands also was surprisingly good. Again, if you like roguelike deck builders, it's like a story-driven roguelike deck builder. Uh, which is pretty interesting. Like, it's the same story for every character, but there's a bunch of branching decisions that kind of affect how things go. Yeah, also, I played Ori in the Blind Forest this year, um, and that's just, like, that's not news to anyone, but hey, that's a good game. I love that game so much, I... Bought it thrice? Twice. <laughs> well, I guess thrice, because I bought the first one, then I bought the Definitive Edition and, like, played through the whole thing again, and then I bought Ori in the Blind Forest 2, so technically three times. Ish. Um, <laughs> Also in that vein, I also bought Hollow Knight this year, and I'm really looking forward to running through with that. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, Hollow Knight and my actual best game were the two top contenders. Uh, Hollow Knight was very good, and also, without doing a ton of the side quest stuff, I put like 80 hours into it, which is wild for a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. So, best game though, Hades. My god, Hades is a good game. I like it a lot. It's on the list of, it's installed on my computer, I'll probably get around to it maybe sometime next year. <laughs> Zach, what do you got in the best category? So, in the best category, I actually have The Ruined King, A ah. League of Legends story. I don't know if that's actually the, the title of it, like the subtitle. I know it is The Ruined King. I love, like, the combat system in that is actually really fun. What, what even is it? Like, what, what genre uh, of game is it? It's a, like, adventure RPG game. Oh, interesting. So, you take control of six characters from League of Legends. And you are trying to stop other characters from League of Legends doing evil things. So you have each each one of them when you acquire the champion pops up and tells you like what they're what they're supposed to do. Brom is be awesome Russian dude. 
and tank. <laughs> the Dak sure doesn't say bigger, awesome Russian dude. But like they have a lot of stuff that comes from like the game. Their passives are all very similar to the to their game. I Can think you equip them all with Blade of the Ruined King. No, I don't think Blade of the Ruined King is actually an available option. Although you can get Yomu's Ghost Blade. <laughs> one of those is an item people build in League of Legends, and one is not. So why did they put Yomu's in? Uh, they also put Randuin's Omen in. That is a shield that Braum can equip. Checks out. The combat system is probably where it's the most interesting, because it has kind of the same thing with like the Final Fantasy X. I do love that combat system. But you can manipulate it. By having, like, I want to cast this spell, so it'll tell you here's where you're going to end up if you do that. But if you cast it, if you use a quick cast or something like that, then it will actually make it so that that comes up faster. Or if you use a strong thing, it'll be later. So you can manipulate it and you want to try and, like, fall into these zones of beneficial buffs or avoid things coming up that are that are debuffs and the like. Yeah, so it sounds like I just took Final Fantasy X's combat system and said, how can we add to this a little bit? Uh, I did find a what I feel like is probably an exploit, and my team ended up being the damage tank healer, uh, yeah, DPS tank healer character, the the mage healer character, and then the straight damage character. One of these you will notice has more titles than the others. Yep, <laughs> this is how I played Final Fantasy VIII. Also, the thing is, Alawi is a tank who heals and does a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. Um, One might say tons of damage. Tons of damage. Puns of damage, yes. And she keeps people alive, and that's really the kicker. And my, It ended up being Alawi, Ari, and Yasuo were the three characters that I used on a regular basis. In part because I love Braum. He's an awesome character. He is a straight tank, and his passive doesn't work on most of the bosses. Because they can't be stunned. And his passive ah. is I stun if, you, if I hit people enough. Or if people get hit enough. So he's not great. On that count, other than being an awesome big Russian dude. One of the things that made me laugh about it, uh, all, all the characters have three ultimate tiers that they can unlock. Misfortune has uh, her own ultimate, and then a character, another character's ultimate from League of Legends. Is it Lucian's? No, no, she has gangplanks. Oh, that makes sense. It does. <laughs> like, it, that just made me laugh. I'm like, oh, oh I, I have enough bars to use Misfortune's level three. Let's do that and find out what happens. And I'm like... That is just straight up Gangplank's ultimate. Well, I mean, it, you know, it makes sense. She's She is also a captain. Has her own ship, yeah. Mm. But it, it's a fun game. Like, there's a fishing minigame built into it that's... It's obligatory. <laughs> you must have a fishing minigame. It's kind of fun, yeah. How long until COD gets a fishing minigame? I don't know. Infinite time, they have no sense of humor. Anything you wanted to talk about runner-up-wise, Zach? Well, for the longest time, my runner-up was the one that Kevin is going to s- declare. Mm-hmm. I mean, or at least the base game for it. But that was less about, yes, this game was outstanding and more to do with the fact that I haven't played, I hadn't played anything that was any better. Yeah. Some of this, I think, is we're getting old, but I really think this was a weak year for video games. I think Metroid Dread hasn't come up yet, and I think that was a real contender. And people seem to really like Halo Infinite, but none of us are going to buy an Xbox for that. I don't know. No, I own an Xbox and I'm going to use it. Huh? I was saying it was a great year for video games for me. Yeah. But... (laughs) I mean, I don't know how much of it is I'm getting old or like I'm not as plugged in. I, I'm also now behind a console generation. And in some ways, I am kind of filling in my my uh, deficiencies from previous. Like I've been playing a lot of Nocturne recently on Steam. Yeah. Because I never actually beat that game. Yeah, I forgot that was on Steam now. It's on Switch as well. Enticing. I, I, I actually kind of agree with Jeremy. I think it was overall kind of a weak year. I would like to see more of games like The Ruined King taking place in the League of Legends universe because it's actually kind of a cool universe. They're making that fighting game that's going to be front and center at Evo because Riot's 
paying all the money for Evo. And they're still was it still Ar- in production for an MMO. Arxis. I think that's who Arxis, we were. yes. In our conversation on Saturday, we, we touched on that kind of thing, and neither of us could remember yeah, who made Dragon Ball Z fighters. Very good game. Yeah, it was like, oh, do you think, because it was, oh, do you think Riot is going to try and make their own fighting game, or are they going to have someone else, like, publish their fighting game? And Arxis like, oh, probably- League of Legends fighting game would own Bones, but no, they're making their own. <laughs> okay, I, was, I thought they would go with, you know, they, honestly, it seems like the smarter plan of, like, no, I'm going to have somebody who knows how to make fighting games just make a good one with a good skin on it. I mean, to be fair, they did make Valorant, and Valorant's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not saying they can't do it, because like, I actually really liked Arcane, and that was in-house. I but... mean, they do have so much money, the Chinese government said, hey, you have too much money, you have to give it to us. Although, I guess <laughs> I guess there is a uh, slight problem with most of the Riot things, especially regarding that fighting game. Because what is Riot's MO? They see what Blizzard has done and do it better. So Blizzard hasn't made a fighting game, so uh, they Zach, have nothing to base it on. Uh, there's this game for the Super Nintendo called Justice League Task Force, published by Blizzard Entertainment, my friend. <laughs> It's Dark Side and Superman. Okay, I guess I, I guess technically, yeah. What's your Final Fantasy fourteen? Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to briefly touch on. So I actually do really want to play Metroid Dread and Rune King. I just haven't bought them yet. Well, I, as I've said many times, Metroid Dread is my thing. I w- am asking my mom for Christmas, so I haven't played it. And yet. the little thing about Rune King that uh, is like t- tacked onto that, it's only like I think forty dollars, like as as a base price. It's only mm. it's. It do, it's not a full $60 price point. And I think I played it for 30 hours. I'd have to double check my Steam, but I got a good chunk of time out of it. The big problem with me and uh, Rune King came out a little bit earlier, but Metroid Dread was like two weeks before the planned launch of Endwalker. I was like, no, I got I got a ton <laughs> of stuff to do. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing Final Fantasy since June, July. <laughs> I think it's Me- July because I was looking what my billing started. It's July. Yeah. At least for me, it's July. So, you know, half the year. I have beat the MSQ for Endwalker, so I did all of the story. I haven't done everything, because holy crap, there's a lot to do in Final Fantasy, but I've done almost all of the what's considered the major content. Uh, so I've done all the MSQ, all of the raids except the last one, and all of the 24-man raids except the last part of the last one, and then haven't done the current raid that came out like yesterday so that's why i haven't done it i've been really liking it i really find it funny that jeremy invited me to this fc and i'll you know like he does not uh interact with them at all and I, do I do a little all, bit uh, but you do right. a little bit prepared to you absolutely i do i barely am there yep <laughs> i routinely hop in in the voice chat and there are a bunch of really cool people uh i have a lot of fun with it i took the week off and spent every day that week that it launched spending at least 12 hours in game and most of the time closer to 17. Final Fantasy 14 is also my game of the year. I didn't play it nearly as much as Kevin. I don't think I like it as much as Kevin. I go through cycles with it where I get real, real excited to play it every day for a couple weeks and then I get real tepid on it for a little while. I think that's good for an MMO because if you let it, it will be the only game you play. (laughs) So it's nice to have those cycles. As a result, I'm probably a little bit more than halfway through the story. At this point, uh, I think at the moment at, at I this can't point, actually yes. play it. I feel weird promoting it because they, you can't buy it right now. Yeah, you cannot buy it. They have stopped advertising it. You um, cannot you buy it, nor can you uh, activate new free trials because. Oh, yeah. so theoretically, I could play it. I would just have an eight-hour wait to log in. It probably wouldn't be that bad at this point, but it would be bad for you. Yes. Yes. It depends on when you log in. As someone who does not have a job, I, it's pretty easy to get in if you, as long as you log in before noon. Especially at this point, uh, I felt 
So I felt really awkward. So the first week it launched, I was able to wake up at, usually I would wake up at around five because I normally have to wake up for four at work. So I'd wake up at around five and log in to like a 40 person queue, which is normal. It takes like that, you know, we're on, we're on one of the more popular servers. It's not the most, not even in our, our data center. I don't think, I think it's the second most, but one of the more popular servers. So there's usually a line, you know, it takes two minutes. So I was logging in every day, getting stuff done and just staying logged in the whole day. Yeah, Which I was, was impressive, honestly. <laughs> well, I would take breaks because yeah. the, the AFK timer is 30 minutes. So like I could, you know, go eat, you know, use the restroom. I would take little 20 minute power naps occasionally. Crime solving micro sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> I also still went to like martial arts and stuff. So like those were the days where I'd only play like 12 hours because I'd wake up at five and then leave at five. It's such a weird situation to be in. The only thing that makes sense is to not sell our game anymore. It's such a weird, like, I think it's the correct thing for them to do. It's just such a weird and wild decision to make. But yeah, the most tepid take of 2021 is Final Fantasy XIV is good, actually. (laughs) Do you have any runners up, Kevin? No. uh, Like I said, I'm very interested in most of my uh, most interesting runners up would be uh, probably up there, and I'm very interested in Rune King and uh, Metroid Dread. Yeah, I forgot to mention Dread on my like runners up for best game, but honestly, I had so many runners up for best game that Dread didn't even make the list. It was good. I enjoyed it. My only runner up is Pokemon Platinum, a game I finally beat for the first time in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not playing Brilliant Diamond or I'm not playing Pokemon BDSM <laughs> or is it BDSP. I'm sorry, BDSP. Yes. Um, Santa powers. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> What do we want to do next? Weeb shit? Uh, that, that's, we have a podcast about weeb shit. We have two of them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, I was going to say my, my official uh, category was when weeb shit crack instead those of anime. On the... I was going to do it at the end. That, that's what I figured. I just wanted to double check. I kind of want to do my Gumpla of the year, but I don't know if I built three-hole Gumpla. Let's see. The Justice have finished this year? The Zaku. The, the, Zo- the Zaku's been there a while. Not oh, that oh, one. Oh, the other one. Yeah. I, see, in my head, I did that last Christmas because it was my Christmas gift, but you gave it to me in June because of COVID, so that's true. The unicorn was this year as well. And so we uh, recorded the Gunpla building episode. That's true. While you were doing that. But I'm not actually going to do that. <laughs> uh, so we're combining anime and manga because Tyler said that would be easiest. Yeah, mostly because I don't watch enough anime or read enough manga to really have a coherent list. So what's your most disappointing weeb shit, Tyler? My most disappointing weeb shit was actually Spider because, man, that was a weak ending. It just, like, it fell apart the last, like, five episodes. Oh, the the anime? Yeah, yeah the anime, specifically. The animation that, is really bad. Yeah, no, the light novel's too. actually very fun. The main problem with it is, like, with a lot of anime, uh, it ran into production issues that just absolutely murdered it right at the end. That's why a lot of the animation, in the, especially in the second season, actually, the that only one I, in the second season is just super choppy. Yeah, that one actually had, like, worse than other ones, where it was like they had another production company. I remember it was something like they had another production company come in, and they, like, lost the masters or something like that, and oh, had to do... A, yeah, it was like... That's it was why a it mess. gets real bad, not just, hey, we're sorry, the quality dipped a little bit. It was like, no, we essentially lost the last two episodes and had to make them from scratch. I know how that goes. <laughs> So that's why that one ended up being that way. I can totally see where you're coming from, though. Yeah. Any runners up? Nope, not really. Zach? My Next Life as a Villainous Season 2. Strongly considered it. Because, oh man, I loved the first season. It was so charming and fun. And Season 2 was like, let's just do it again. And it's like, you can't just do it again. I liked the last episode of it, but that was about it. 
And then only because of everyone trying to borrow her dresses because of weird fetish reasons. <laughs> well, there, there's the, there's a one episode that is literally just the same episode as we saw in season one. It's just a different MacGuffin. That oh, only this it. time it has a dollhouse. Yes. Also, we get Buff Maria in that. It's almost worth it for Buff Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Buff Maria is pretty good as a joke. But, but it's like, only almost worth it. Yeah, so I was really disappointed in that one. I don't know that I have any real runners up, though, at the moment. Kevin. My most disappointing would be My Hero. I think I got four or five episodes into this season. It was just like, I'm I'm out. Yeah, both of yours are high runners up for me. Mm-hmm. The, this most recent season of My Hero, like it's where the manga started getting not as good, I feel. But I feel like the manga was a much slower decline, whereas the anime, I don't know if it's the pacing or what. Or yeah. if I already know this story, so yeah, I don't I, have I don't that know to drive me forward. That could be the same thing that happened to me of, I'm just kind of like looking at this cliff going like, I don't want to go over that. <laughs> I'm going to take Yasuhime. Like I said, both of yours I strongly considered. I'm glad for you, Zach, that you're not watching Yasuhime anymore. I'm did also you, not watching okay, Yasuhime. I, was say, I didn't watch a single episode of season two, but I felt compelled to continue watching season one, and I hated myself every moment I did it. And treat yourself right, yeah, guys. It, it, it's not good. The only reason why I picked uh, Villainous over Yasuhime was because I actually did have expectations for Villainous. What do you have for most interesting, Tyler? I said the live-action Cowboy Bebop remake. Oh, I see, I have that. I was going to talk about TV, specifically because I wanted to talk about that. That's fair. Well, uh, well I consider I, this weeb shit. So. That's fair. I'm infuriated that they're not doing a season two, even though I also feel like I'm free because I don't have to watch season two at the same time. But the two seconds of Ed we get were by far the best part of that entire series, and that's all we'll ever get. Yep. It, it was very interesting. Obviously, a lot of love and care went into it, and also they I feel they missed the point a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's a like, fun ride if it's in isolation from actual Cowboy Bebop. The version of Vicious they have so doesn't work. Yeah, also very strange. That uh, Mother's Basement guy actually did a full video on Netflix Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, but, but I, I like, haven't watched it. But, but uh, on the other hand, I'm so yeah. interested in their version of Faye, who is so different from anime Faye, but not necessarily in a bad way. She's like Spike and Jet's lesbian daughter instead of being <laughs> the hot chick that hangs out with them to sexually frustrate them. And that's such a different, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Jet's I, weirdly on point. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the weird thing is every change they made to Jet made him more like Jet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- and they cast the perfect person for Jet. Like, no complaints about Jet at all, which is weird because by far my least favorite character in Cowboy Bebop is Jet. But perfect. Yeah, I, I will probably talk about that more a little later. But yeah. Any runners up? Not really. I did not consume a lot of weeb shit, so there wasn't a whole lot in the interesting category. I don't know if uh, the next season of Bookworm is out yet, but no, uh, it's it is slated not. next year, I think. Okay. Well, I'm excited for it. So, Zach, what do you got here? I have watched quite a bit. I think I might have to kind of cheat a little bit, and it's going to go with the uh, Rising of the Shield hero light novels. Um, well, I mean, we, we changed the category, so it's no longer cheating. It would have been cheating, but we have shifted things to make this perfectly Well, more of, yes. more of because I know where the story is going, and I want to see what we get next season for the actual anime. So I want to—it's it's interesting to like keep my attention, and I actually quite liked reading through those light novels. What do you got here, Kevin? At most interesting, I have—I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's Tact OP Destiny. Which is, I think it's still currently running. I'm a couple episodes. I need to watch that. Yeah, I'm a couple episodes behind because N. Walker came out and I stopped doing literally anything else. But anyway, so it is a very beautifully animated, musically themed anime. 
This sounds way up my alley. It's, it's super cool. So there are these alien beings that they call D2s that showed up on a meteorite. And then these protectors, I'm forgetting the name that they have, but they have these people called conductors that form these bond with these protector things that are like literally musical pieces. So like Destiny is a character and I forget which symphony Destiny is from. But that's literally the name of the symphony is Destiny. Interesting. And that, that was like, that was the music he was playing when she like transformed. It's, it's very cool. It looks really amazing. And so that's why it's my most interesting. You know, I haven't finished. I've seen like five episodes <laughs> or whatever it is of it. And it's, it's really cool. So I'm really looking forward to finishing it. Now I'm starting to have more free time because I'm, you know, not sinking literally everything into Endwalker. But... I forgot a way less tasteful version of this is Symphogear, which Zach made me start watching, and it's I love it. Symphogear <laughs> is amazing. I, it's I mean it's not Symphogear go, is high art. Good is subjective. So <laughs> the third season starts with them literally saving a shuttle that is crashing to Earth by punching mountains while scening <laughs> in unison to make their punches work better. Anyone else up? Probably, but I'd have to think really hard. There's has been a, a lot of good anime that. I've watched this year. This so. year has been a particularly strong season. Oh, I feel like it's been awful, honestly. Like, I was super struggling to come up with stuff I liked anime-wise from this year. So that's interesting. Although, was ReZero this year or was that last year? It was this year. That was this the, year. ReZero was, was this year. Two? Yeah, ReZero season two was this year. That was a really good... Um, that was really good. Slime uh, season two was this year, but you're not mm, a big fan of that. No. Um, I mean, that, that would probably be a lot of your problem is a bunch of these were Isekai, but I mean, there's some other stuff that aren't that are... I was really struggling to come up with interesting and best this year, like I said. So I'm going to go with my runner-up, which was going to be it before we combined manga with this, Mm -hmm. which was going to be One Piece, just because it hit chapter 1000 and episode 1000 this year. And like, what an achievement. And it's mostly the conversation about One Piece that's been interesting. Obviously, I'm a big One Piece fan. uh, And I think the One Piece content this year was good. But what's been more interesting is the people doing review series and talking about it revisiting favorite moments and that sort of stuff. But since we were combining with this with manga, we started reading Haikyuu this year, and another tepid take for 2021, Taiki was good. Yep. <laughs> it turns out starting at chapter 300 was not the <laughs> best plan for, you know, getting into the series, and starting at chapter one's actually, you know, that's where you should do it. We're... Haiku's I know, done right? now, right? Yes. Yes, it is finished. We've we read ha- the end of it, ironically. Yeah, we read the end of it, and then went back and started reading the beginning. <laughs> What do you have for best, Tyler? Mushoku Tensei. Season two was great. They haven't made season two yet. The second half of season, I don't know. Yeah, second core. No, I (laughs) I agree with you. Was was good. No complaints. Any runners up, Tyler? Four weeb shit. Yeah, I don't know. I've been reading the Spider Light novels. Those were fun. Where are you right now? I don't know. (laughs) Somewhere in book five. Oh, no, it's been a bit. I got distracted. So the problem is I write a lot of books this year. um, And yeah, kind of got distracted. So... Zach, what do you got at best? I kind of by default have to give it to So I'm a Spider, So What? Both the anime and the, and the light novels. In part, the, the anime, because it made me actually go get light novels, which I now have a rather large collection of light novels that I need to get through, including the absolutely bonkers Evangelion official fan fiction, <laughs> which is super silly. The beginning of the Spider anime is very strong. They do mm-hmm. the uh, the human characters a little poorly in the anime, but... The light novel, because you can get into their head and actually see them a bit better. I am eagerly awaiting the next couple of volumes of the light novel, specifically volume 14, which is probably like at least six months out. At least, yeah. But super excited about that one, because that is 
theoretically, where we will get back to the confrontation that is at the end of book five. Any runners up you want to mention since you thought it was a strong year? Slime season two is outstanding. And that one was a lot of fun. A lot of them, there's uh, stuff that like, uh, Far Away Paladin is another very good show. It's just like, I haven't finished a lot of them. Like Miroko-chan, also a lot of fun as a series, but I didn't finish it because I have this weird habit of occasionally just falling off of something. Like, it's like, no, this didn't actually do anything wrong. I just stopped watching it. Yeah, that ha- I did that with The Witcher. I was really enjoying it and just like stopped. People say oh, season two is good. At least out of the episode one, Arcane. I, I need to watch the rest show. of it because, like, from everywhere I've heard, it is fantastic. I've I've heard it's great. Um, I know a number of people watch the whole thing. So, what do you got in best, Kevin? So my best uh, in weep shit is <laughs> Mushiko Tensei as well. I had planned to wait until the second core was done to start reading them, uh, and th- that didn't happen. I'm reading them now. I probably won't catch up to where the anime is, but just the animation is just gorgeous and. The story's really good. I really like a lot of the beats in the second core. A lot of the unlikable characters are suddenly like a lot more sympathetic, including the main character. So. Yes. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of the point of the show is that they which like, is get better. <laughs> good, because the opening of that character, I wanted to kick him over a freaking cliff. And that, that's kind of the point. And that's why like, I didn't go back to it is because it's like, I hate you. Yep. Oh, no, I like it a lot. I, I don't know that I can recommend it to everyone, but I think it is very good. Uh, and then I did have a couple runners up. So uh, Arcane, uh, mainly because when I was did, doing this, I did anime, and Arcane isn't technically an anime, but my god, was that amazing! And then I just had something else. Oh yeah, so it hasn't finished yet, but uh, Demon Slayer uh, Entertainment Arc like started a couple of weeks ago, so it's been running this current season. But the first five or six episodes were just the Mugen Train over again. They they were doing now the Dragon now Ball now Z thing. episodes. Yeah, they were doing the they were doing the Dragon Ball Z thing where they're like, here's the movie. And then the movie fits into the anime. And so they were like, here's the movie cut into five pieces. Not <laughs> like, like they don't literally cut it. They modified some things apparently. But I'm very excited about the Entertainment District arc because there's some really cool stuff in there. So I'm really excited to finish it. I watched the first episode, which was technically the first two. Or it's, it's you know, 50 minutes long. Gotcha. I'm very excited for more Demon Slayer. Runner up to ReZero, which I forgot was this year. I have another runner-up, but it won another category, so I will save it for later. I watched Monica this year. Speaking of tepid takes, that is the good shit. Yeah, so should I watch Monica? Because it's I been mean, on my list forever. We're going to make do us it do it. it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Should I watch it before we watch it? Um, I would say yes, but that's up to you. We're watching it soon, so I don't want to put like <laughs> also pressure or a time limit on. What do we want to do next? You guys want to do books? Do we want to do my other categories? Just to uh, spoil it, are books, board games, and fuck it, beer. I'm doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really remember a lot of the books I've listened to this year. We don't have to do I, books. I, I assume not most of mine. Under yeah, I've, my, I've got most books of mine as well. Shit. Uh, yeah, I'm illiterate. I didn't read anything, so I am skipping books. Let's go ahead and dive into books. Okay, so my most disappointing was Cryptonomicon, uh, which I have heard amazing things about. It's uh, I'm like eight hours into the audiobook on that, and the plot hasn't happened yet. So, you know, maybe one of these years we'll catch up. Maybe. It, it's fun to listen to, but it has the Neil Stevenson problem where like he just spends forever dicking around with characters who aren't actually doing anything. Any runners up? I almost kind of want to put Rhythm of War at most disappointing, not because it was bad, but because it was exactly what I expected. Mostly. If I had to go with most disappointing, it'd probably be the uh, those Evangelion fan fiction <laughs> novel. Like, I can basically only read one without having to do a palate cleanse. 
<laughs> because it's just like this is like it's Evangelion esque stuff going on. And I just like you're not really doing a whole lot to make me really care. It's difficult to say. But did I, you actually have well, high expectations for those going in though? <laughs> Zach is making a face I want to describe, but words aren't good enough. Zach, just rub your face on the microphone for me and see if it translates. No, I don't think I did have particularly high expectations for it. Kevin, you got anything here? Yeah, for most disappointing, I have, uh, is it wrong to pick up Girls in a Dungeon, volume 15? And volume 15 specifically, so... Light novel or manga? Light novel. I guess it has a manga. Did Bell learn that it is, in fact, wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? (laughs) Uh, Well, the worst thing about volume 15 was there was a very long break between volume 14 and 15, like longer than the normal light novel thing by like another three or four months. And this one was like an anthology series of a bunch of side stories, which I wasn't expecting. So it's not that it was bad in and of itself. It was just like, I've been waiting an extra four months or six months for this. And I didn't get a continuation of this story. Yeah. So that's why it's the most disappointing is it's, it's not like it was bad. It was just, Oh, that's all I got. Oh, yep. What do you got at most interesting, Tyler? A book that I haven't actually finished yet. And it's like literally just interesting. Um, as opposed to like being an interesting premise. I'm reading a book called The Drunken Botanist, which is the history of plants used to make alcohol and the various ways that we do stuff to them. Sounds non-fictional. Yeah, no, it's just like a bunch of super interesting plant facts, which is, you know, a thing I'm interested in. So, literally just an interesting book. Zach. <laughs> Give me a second. It's a two-book series. Well, it, it, they go together. The first book and the second book. Audience, I would like you to imagine a loading screen right now. <laughs> oh fuck I took them off of my iPod or my phone let's I'm go done. to the library I am in my library you are wandering the halls Blazing Star Setting Sun and Morning Star Midnight Sun they're a pair of books on the campaign around Guadalcanal from World War II just super interesting in yeah so opinion. interesting in exactly the same way my book is interesting is just fascinating subjects <laughs> fascinating history related stuff like that's kind of one thing that I've always been interested in and Lately, I've been focused more on the Pacific and the naval conflict in there because previously it was all the Eastern or the European theater stuff where it was America, good guys, and America's not doing any war crimes. Don't worry about it. Whereas the, uh, the certainly we're doing theater, fewer war crimes. Whereas the Pacific theater was, oh, there are some guys in the water, machine gun them. Sometimes there are guys in the air. Well, we, as far as I know, we didn't machine gun anybody in the air, but we did a lot of strafing dudes in the water. So very interesting historical context. So. What do you got for most interesting, Kevin? So I had a, I'm going to call it a weird relationship with books this year in the fact that a lot of my books I would consider popcorn reading where it's, you know, very flavorful, not a whole lot of substance because there was a couple of, I want to go through, there's a website that I've got that's the Malazan reread of the fallen that's got a publication listing of everything of the like 27 novels or something like that, that I want to get through at some point. I want to read I think it's R. Scott Baker's The Darkness That Came Before, which somebody recommended, but they're very crunchy books, so I wanted something fluffy to fill a space. little bit fluffy. It's not like that's the only things I haven't read. Uh, so these were ones that I listened to on Audible, but I'm going to call Diamantine by, I believe it's Andrew oh, Rowe. yeah. I fucking love this yeah. series. They're really fun. So I've read, I've now listened to all of his books. So he's got three series that all involve the same character. He's not the main character in every series, but he's in every series. And they're 
different genres, which is kind of interesting. So one of them is kind of like this, like political mystery. One is like a school, you know, like progression fantasy. And the other one is like just straight up power fantasy of like, I'm a badass and I'm like going on an adventure. And so Diamantine is from the, I'm a badass going on an adventure one. The newest book in that just came out like last month. So I haven't listened to it yet because I'm listening to another lit RPG series that is done. So I'm on book five of six and I'm going to finish it and then go to that. But I'm very, I really liked this series. I'm trying to remember what the name of the school series. It's like Arcane Ascension. Yeah, Arcane Arcane Ascension. Yeah, because it's uh, War of Broken Mirrors, Six Sacred Swords and Arcane Ascension are the three like series that he has. The War of Broken Mirrors is done. And then Arcane Ascension and Six Sacred Swords are like going concurrently and he's been like trading off one and then the other. And it's really interesting because the same characters involved in it. So arcane ascension is the one that's currently running as in it's like the furthest along in the timeline and six sacred swords is literally, he's on a train and telling a story <laughs> like in, in arcane ascension, they get on a train at one point, And in that he's telling the story of six sacred swords of like, yeah, back in the day that, you know, back in the day, this happened. Yeah, although it does end with, like, kind of a twist at the end of Diamantine. Yes. So, that is relevant to Arcane Ascension. Oh, no. It's a very fun series. It's very obvious he just, like, developed his own homebrew setting, and he's running a game in it, I feel. Yeah, but but it's very cool. It's very cool. It's basically just what if Dragon Ball Z was magic instead of martial arts, kind of. It's wild. Mm -hmm. What do you have at best book, Tyler? Uh, my best book this year was The Echo Wife, um, which is a weird sci-fi novel about a lady who clones herself, and then her husband marries the clone, and then they conspire to kill their mutual ex-husband together, and then find out that she's actually been cloned like 16 times, and then they just go off and raise their clone daughter together and get away with murder. It's a very fun, weird book. Um, I okay. Highly recommend. Uh, runner-up for best book was uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Also a good book. Zach. I'd probably have to give it to the Spiderlight novels because those are so far the only ones in a very long time that I've been able to like just literally sit down and read through an entire book, which is something I made a habit of in years past where it was just like, all right, I have a new book. I have read like the Spiderlight novels managed to make me actually do that. So I think it has to be them by default. <laughs> Fair. And it's a lot of fun characters. Kevin, what is best in books? Uh, so for me, that would be the Ascendance of a Bookworm light novels. They are one of the few book series that... So one of the things I like is that as soon as I finish the current one, I can pre-order the next one immediately. And it is like, it makes my day when I get the email notification, hey, your book's ready. Like you can, you know, it's being it's been downloaded to your library. And they're very lighthearted and fun. I'm super excited for season two to come out. I really liked season one. And I've just been enjoying these books and it's, it's weird because they're not, it's not that they're not my normal thing, but it's like, oh yeah, it's just this girl going through her mostly normal life, having to deal with a bunch of random things. And I'm like, ah, oh, that was great. I'm kind of sad it's over. I really like Bookworm, at least yeah, the anime, no. so um, can't, yeah. can recommend. Yes. All right. We want to do movies next. That makes sense to me. That's the last one I have. Okay. What is your most disappointing movie, Tyler? I didn't watch like any movies this year, so I'm, I think oh, I'm ducking out of this category. I thought, I thought I saw movies on your notes. That's why I. Nope. Okay, never mind. Okay, so Kevin, what you got? Eternals. 
It's all. I didn't think Eternals was that bad. There's a lot I like about Eternals. I guess Eternals. But, Eternals is my most disappointing yeah, yeah, because fair. I had much higher expectations than what was okay. delivered. I had very middle, medium expectations, and there is a bit where Icarus literally flies into the sun, and that sucks. But I also get to <laughs> tell people there's a bit in that movie where Icarus literally flies into the sun, and that sucks. I that's was, a sentence I like to say. Yes, I just I was very disappointed. Kamal Namjiani just disappears from the third act, just for no reason. He's just like I'm not. I'm not going to be in the third act for. Even though it would be, like, relevant for him to be there. Not even if he didn't do anything. Like, they have a thing where all the Eternals combine their powers together. And he's one of the Eternals. And he's just not there. <laughs> and it's like... He's like, heart. Okay, guys, you got this. Like, it would have been funny to have him, like, cut to, like, him in London, like, at a cafe. And then a giant energy beam shoots out of him into yeah. the sky. Like, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Very fair. My most disappointing is Kong vs. Godzilla, because I don't like that movie, and everybody in my life seems to think I'm crazy for not liking that movie. And they're like, how do you not like the fact that King Kong comes from the center of the Earth, and they go in and it reverses gravity, and he gets an axe with a Godzilla scale on it? I'm like, no, all that stuff is great. The problem is all the rest of that movie. <laughs> Fair. What do you have as most interesting? So uh, most interesting, I have Trollhunters Rise of the Titans, which is the culmination of Guillermo del Toro's, I guess, Trollhunter series, where he's technically had three different Netflix series that have been running for quite a while. Trollhunters, uh, Below, and Wizards, uh, and that all culminated into this movie. And so that's why it's my most interesting. It was a very fun ride. It's, you know, Guillermo del Toro doing like essentially a children's anime or like a children's cartoon. It's 3D animated, but it's got some really cool stuff in it. And I think this was a really cool capstone. So yeah, I, if you're interested in some of his work and you want to see Guillermo del Toro making a children's cartoon. That sounds rad. <laughs> it, it's actually really cool. It does not go like Pan's Labyrinth crazy on the visuals, but it's very cool stuff going on. I'm going to put Spider-Man here. It's kind of uninteresting to say because everybody's going to see that movie. It might have been better for me, except for my brother is the sort of person who looks at all of the like rumors and dirt sheets and all of that. And I knew all of the surprise things that were going to happen in it. And also, as you guys like to point out, I'm a person who is really critical of movies and thinks about them a lot. So I pretty much had the entire plot figured out just by knowing who was in it. Mm -hmm. And yep. there's, a, there's a lot of disappointment. Still a very good movie. It is crazy some of the things they are not marketing that happened in that movie. Like, why would you do them if not to sell the movie? Sorts no. of things. I'm very excited to see it. A and it was a good movie, which yep. is also nice. What do you got for best, Kevin? Uh, for best, I've actually got The Mitchells versus The Machine. Or Michael uh, Mitchells, I think. Which was uh, like a Netflix movie that released that's actually just super solid fun movie like it wasn't one of the you know giant big budget blockbusters but i i really liked the animation i really liked the story and i just had a lot of fun with it i went for a while on what was going to be best movie for me because i was thinking about this before i saw spider-man and i'm like well it might be but what if i don't like spider-man or i move <laughs> it to most interesting instead so i was thinking no time to die for a bit pretty mm -hmm. good movie but a little pretentious i was mm -hmm. thinking shang chi a little disappointed in that personally. I think it's good. You should watch it if you yes. haven't. It's on Disney Plus. But at the end of the day, it is just a Marvel movie, basically. Mm -hmm. it's, it's got the problem of, boy, I've seen a lot of these, uh, even though it's <laughs> one of the more unique ones. And then I remembered Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 came out this year and was a satisfying conclusion to Evangelion, a thing that I don't think God thought was possible. <laughs> so it's got to go for that for me. Uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on that for a couple hours, plug, 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 www.patreon.com slash podcasts. At right. the five dollar tier, if I remember right, correct. You got board games and I got beer? board games and beer. So. I, I, I want to do TV. Anyone else want to 
do anything? No. Okay, um, let, let, let's do board games and then. Tyler, you want to talk about some board games? I've played most disappointing board game is Catan because I play it every night. It is hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'm very sorry for you. I haven't basically played board games this year because you know, yeah, still we aren't meeting much. I but, think the closest that I've played to board games is Kevin and I played a couple of games of 40k this year. We played a game of Villainous. Yeah, I was just saying oh, we yeah. played out and played some board games. Oh yeah, we played that uh that Sky. Theme that steampunk one. I enjoyed that. I won. So, <laughs> oh, I got second in that one. Uh, anyway, what do you want? Go for it, Tyler. I've t- I've talked my board game talk. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so most disappointing was Patchwork Doodle. So Patchwork is a like really fun uh, two player game. Takes about fifteen minutes. Very fun. Patchwork Doodle is like, what if you took all the fun and creativity out of that game and also made it four players? So now takes three times as long. Cannot recommend. Screw that game. It's <laughs> I had high hopes because Patrick was great. Uh, most interesting, I think, is actually that steampunk one. Um, <laughs> assuming we're talking about the same one. Uh, Can't that, remember what it's called. But yeah, it's called Skyward. Um, I think so. It's a weird game where you like have one person draft a set of cards yeah. for everyone else to try to build from. And the draft zone had to be even. Very interesting mechanic. Like it a lot. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that one building that just seems absolutely The one bonkered. that both me and Jeremy used to yeah. extreme effect. Yeah, I also didn't like it, but I feel like we had to have to play a few more times to see if a meta occurred. Yeah, see if it was actually broken or not. Weirdly, so I like pushed that for the second game of it I played, and mm-hmm. it ended up being not nearly as useful in the second game. So I think it's like a little bit of it is luck of the draw. Gotcha. Um, I, I, it just seemed like the potential on it, like... Very high, yeah. You know, I didn't get to look at all the cards, but it was like, oh, well, even if it's not, oh, the perfect storm, like even if it's just mediocre, it ended up still netting you like nine points compared to... The best building I could do was seven. Yeah. Far and away, the best game um, also came out this year was Descent Legends of the Dark. It is a, like, dungeon crawler with an app-powered, like, GM running the game for you with, like, full voice acting and stuff. Comes with a bunch of really awesome minis, a bunch of 3D terrain. It's a really fun game. All the characters are interesting and well-written. It's like someone took, like, a pretty good D&D game put a homebrew setting on top of it and made a fun campaign out of it. So, see this is where I wish I wasn't 2 hours away from you. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz when I was in when I was in college, I had Thursday night board game night because I lived, you know, 10 minutes away from a bu- uh, friend of mine who had two bookshelves full of board games that we would just kind of like rotate through and play board games. Sometimes it would be just one game a night, sometimes it'd be multiple, whatever. But I I miss board game night, you know, and even if it was semi more regular that would be nice but again two hours away yeah and scheduling makes that difficult yeah well 100 that i think this is the greatest advantage of my being polyamorous is that i have a group of people i hang out with every weekend and we're all board game nerds mm-hmm. so we just play board games every weekend call your memoir sex and board games please <laughs> <laughs> i want to talk about tv if anyone else wants to join in on this Feel I'll free. probably join in on your choices, but I can't categorize what I have watched because I it's kind of a haze of, did I actually <laughs> watch it this year? Did I watch it last year? Like, at least with anime, I was able to look at my Crunchyroll watch list by activity and be like, okay, these ones came out this year. I watched these ones. That That is how I sort of my video games. If actually. it's not Same. football, <laughs> I don't watch TV. So you're disappointing, interesting, and best are football. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do watch the Broncos. <laughs> One time they beat the Cowboys for no reason. That was interesting. That was a weird game. That was when that was most interesting. For my most disappointing, I have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
That's I, fair. I was really looking forward to it. One, why won't Marvel just pluralize their show names? WandaVision had two visions at the end. They fought each other. Cap- <laughs> th- there were three Captain Americas in that show. Yes. Hawkeye is about two Hawkeyes. Loki is literally about a whole bunch of Lokis from the multiverse. <laughs> uh, but they won't just call it Lokis or Hawkeyes <laughs> or Captain's America. The, the production problems with uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon were pretty uh, well known. Mm-hmm. The, the story doesn't hold together at all. There's a lot of vague gesturing at racial ideas without saying anything about them. Yeah. Probably my least favorite thing about it, though, is it does the thing I hate that comic books do all the time, which is like, who is going to be the next Captain America? Is it going to be the person Captain America gave the shield to and said, you be Captain America? Yes, but only after six episodes after <laughs> we, of pretending it's not going to be them. Yes. I, well, just give me Captain away. America 4 starring Anthony Mackie. No, that's totally fair. I'd say definitely of the Marvel, that's the, the weakest of the, the ones I've watched this year. Most interesting is Cowboy Bebop. I feel like I could do a whole bonus episode with Tyler on that Cowboy Bebop show. It was super interesting. Yeah. A lot of times people will say like, oh, you should just turn off your brain and you'll have more fun. Cowboy Bebop was a show where that's absolutely not true. If I just turned off my brain, the only thought I would have had is, man, I could be watching Cowboy Bebop instead of this. (laughs) But because I was critiquing and looking at it, it's so interesting where they spent the money, what changes they made. A lot of it doesn't work because the only thing about Spike is he's cool and making him live action automatically makes him less cool. And like all the times they try to make him cool, it just makes him dumb instead because that's how cool works. Something is either cool or dumb. There's no in between. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Vicious suffers from that even worse because yeah. he has to be in every episode. Like, and that episode where he makes the joke about, oh, feed, put them all up in hotels. No, kill them, you idiots. Is like so missing the point. I feel like I could do an essay on that line. <laughs> but the changes they make to Faye are super interesting. It makes her a completely different character, but one I'm very interested in. The changes they make to Julia are the perfect changes to make to a series so you're not just redoing it and you have interesting intrigue for the person watching it. It's a shame they're not getting a season two. And like I said, Jet is perfect. I think it is a legitimately enjoyable show. And like, it is especially interesting to compare it to the original. I have hard time recommending it with no season two just because of the weird place it ends. But even where it ends, I feel like because of the changes they made to Jet, he and Spike can't reconcile. Like, that just feels true to me. And now we're never going to see how they tried to do that. But, like, my recommendation before would be, like, if you think you want to watch Cowboy Bebop, you should. But if you are asking me, should I watch Cowboy Bebop or Cowboy Bebop, you should absolutely watch the real Cowboy Bebop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Between the two, definitely watch the anime. Um, But if you're a fan of the anime and want to see something very different. The thing is, it's so weird. And what is different and what isn't. It's fascinating. So best is WandaVision. That's no surprise. (laughs) Yeah, I heard very, it was pretty good. It was very solid. It has the problem of the last episode being the worst episode, which kind of sucks because that's disappointing at the end. Yeah. But it's not a bad episode. It's just the worst one. So that's too bad. Honorable mention for Hawkeyes, for sure. Uh, the last episode came out today. I haven't seen it yet. And it can definitely fumble. It had a problem where the first three episodes were way better than four and five. But four and five weren't bad. They just didn't have LARPers in them fighting Hawkeye or a battle in an uh, abandoned toy store or Mm -hmm. Rogers or the musical, (laughs) which Hawkeye turns his hearing aid off during because it's terrible. You want to talk about beer, Tyler, and then we can escape this podcast. Yep. No, that's it. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I'm literally the only person on the mics who has any interest in this, but I'm opening a brewery. So it's my prerogative, I think, to talk about beer at least a little bit. I'm pretty sure you're also the only person on the podcast who actually drinks. Also that, you know, details. I'll drink on occasion, but not beer. 
No, that's fair. I have a fine selection of good bourbons, so it's between one barley product or another barley product, really. <laughs> so, most disappointing beer, uh, there's a brewery I love up in Brighton called Something, <laughs> which is a terrible, terrible name. It's I was going to say, I, I'm who's on firsting you in my head, and I'm yep. going to spare you, but <laughs> my brain can't not do it. It's supposed to, like, their logo is supposed to be, like, some sort of Chthonian abomination, so it's, like, Something uh, is emerging. Call it the Unknowable. I, it would have been so much better. Um, Maybe so, that was taken. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of weird brewery names I have found. They do a lot of kettle sours. Um, they did one that was a tiki kettle sour, and they had like a big release for it. It was extremely underwhelming. It was called Tropic Thunder. Um, so do not recommend. Easily the most interesting, and uh, <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast and are anywhere near Denver and want to get a beer, Go to Burns Family Artisan Ales. Um, they make the best goddamn beer in the entire state, in my opinion. Um, and my most interesting beer from them was the Heavenly War Sled of Valhalla, um, where he so he takes a beer and saves part of it every year in a barrel and then adds more to it and then like does that over and over. So he just keeps adding names to it. Uh, so eventually it's going to be like 18 words just kind of strung together. This one tasted like... If a bacon and cigar was a drinkable beer. Um. <laughs> oh, dear God, that sounds awful. Um, Yeah, this is not my favorite one that he's ever done, but it was the most interesting. <laughs> so, um, and my favorite beer uh, was from a brewery I've somehow never been to, which is Odd 13 up in Lafayette. They I presume a- they're all paying for this ad space. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> hilariously, because they're all going to be my competitors one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> they did a beer called Margaret the Conqueror. Um easily the best stout uh, which is also my favorite style of beer i think i have ever had in my entire life so surprising that i have never been there before anyway that was it that was my spot on beers all right <laughs> i totally made myself laugh because i remember what shirt i was currently wearing yep you're plugging <laughs> library via the visual mics uh all right so speaking of visual mics hey it's Christmas, or it was. <laughs> Let's open some presents, guys. It's not June, so it's going to feel weird. <laughs> Zach, you want to do yours first, or mine? I figured uh, we I was would. Just gonna, I was just going to retrieve them all real quick. Gotcha. I figured we'd do by person, so you can open my gift. Did you step on the ladder? Yes. That probably picked up. I am both ironically and unironically very pleased with the thing I got you, Jeremy. So. <laughs> all right, so we're going to start by opening Zach's gifts, because he's the one next to the tree. Oh, why is this so heavy? Okay, interesting. I've not heard of this. I hadn't either, but it popped up when I was trying to find something that I thought you would like. I'm like, wait a minute, this would, I think this would work. Oh, I, I, I have not, I've not heard of this, but I'd seen it played. Okay, I hadn't seen it with this marketing. It's a, it's a, Zach has got me Batman the Animated Series Almost Got Him card game. If you're not familiar, Almost Got Him is the best episode of Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> um, but there's no Killer Croc in it. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, I don't even know what this is yet, but I just saw a. Uh, we actually talked about it previously in this year, and you said you were interested to know how it played. Yep. Now this is the made card game, right? Yep, a deck building made card game. Um, hilariously, probably not a bad game. Um, but man, look at this. We will work with great heart when you employ us. Become the greatest master. (laughs) Pokemon. (laughs) Oh, no, there are 56 love cards. (laughs) Uh, They're called I cards in Japanese. What did you get, Kevin? Uh, So I got what at first I thought was a book, 
uh, but it's actually a board game. Uh, so, like, very good subversion there. Uh, called Deadwood 1876, which is a social deduction game where you'll work with teammates to find and collect gold. But in the end, the team with the most gold will have to fight each other to the death to determine the winner. <laughs> Look, it sounds like a good premise for a game. Yeah, it does. That does like, I think good. There's, a, there's a bunch of different ones in that same range. I, like, Deadwood. I think there's another one that's, like, a Caribbean, and it's the same type of thing except you're pirates. Yeah, and this is two to nine players, so, you know, that's a... a amazing like range to be able to bust out a board game because i always hate the classic this is a four-player board game cool i got five people what do you want me to do (laughs) do mine next zach so while zach is gathering them i did not announce the name of this game which is tonto core i have no idea what that means it should have been called welcome home master (laughs) (laughs) something about maids i assume i got zach a layer cake (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should just like let Zach open his first since he hasn't been on the mics, but Oh wow, there's there there Oh wow, you weren't kidding. That is <laughs> no, it's a layer cake. cake. I would re- I would recommend opening them in the opposite of the order you are, but the first one is Ace Apollo Justice, the Ace Attorney. Oh yeah, DS good choices, game. good choices. I wanted to get you all three of the remaining Ace Attorney games, but the other two were never released in physical copies in English, and it was a pain they asked to get you codes. So I got you three different gifts. We're go- we're going back down to the bottom of this to <laughs> to, to appease the order. It's a Target exclusive. Target exclusive entry grade <laughs> RX-78 American. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you do have to show me this. Oh my god, it's beautiful. <laughs> I was walking through Target trying to get a gift for my sister-in-law, and I saw that, and I was like, yoink. <laughs> I, I love how it is the RX-78 Gundam American type. It's got a star. It's like it's it's got the stars and stripes, but the stripes are on its shield, and the stars are on one of its arm or uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> That's a very good design. I like it. I feel like Chibity should be piloting that. Chibity, 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 Crockett. But then he, who would be piloting the uh, the Maxter? Uh, also, Domon again. Uh, <laughs> just double Domon. <laughs> I knew you were missing part of it, Zach. So I finished it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the last bit of the layer cake is the Awakening of the Trailblazer Gundam Double Op movie. Oh no, I didn't know there was one. Oh, get ready. <laughs> that, this is, I, I know roughly what happens in this. That's the Ghost of Christmas but... Future, is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, since we just sat here watching Zach open presents. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. You're welcome. This wrapping paper refuses it. It kind of does. <laughs> okay, so hilariously, I actually got this for Jen for Christmas last year. Um, <laughs> but I want some Eevee figures. Um, it's weird to me that Lego didn't snap up the Pokemon license. I assume Lego came to the Pokemon. It's like, so what's up? And they're like, one billion dollars. <laughs> and Lego's like, no thanks. Yeah, so, what so it said Mega Constructs has a bunch of like random license stuff they have yeah. gi joe also so yeah no it's a it's a bunch of like essentially ev legos um so i am these are going to live with my pikachus yeah, so <laughs> i figured they, they'd go well thank you this is <laughs> hilarious and i highly approve <laughs> Sunk. slide it out like that right do you get it <laughs> Yes, I, I, I am confused. <laughs> I'm I'm also confused. 
I can also discord you the code so you can copy paste it like a yes. human being. <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning behind this bottle of orange Fanta? So it's a. Uh, why am I blanking on it now? It's the the Final Fantasy thing of. Uh, it's just totally gone. Sorry. Okay, so in Final Fantasy fourteen, you can change your race and gender, but you need a magical potion oh. called a Fantasia or a Fanta. <sighs> <laughs> I got I him a I was forgetting the Fantasia. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I get it now. That Fanta was surprisingly hard to find. There was a Stoda and candy shop in Parker. You know what they don't have? Fanta? Fanta. Well, the, the Fanta's not a particularly big uh, brand out here. I, I, I saw one in Safeway and was like, oh, I was looking for something else. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. finally, yoink. <laughs> so for the last one, Zach's present is still in, I think, Sweden. It has not actually... Started embarking. Uh, the small one is for Kevin. Okay, you didn't put any uh, no, name I did tags not, on uh, them. Because I knew who they were for. So. I mean, no, it all works. Um, yeah, they, they are definitely visually distinct. So, that is rather large. So you know what I saw? I'm like, you know what Jeremy needs and will also simultaneously <laughs> curse me for the rest of his life for getting him? Is a framed lenticular poster of a father-son Kamehameha. Uh, <laughs> no, I literally... One in Reno, a poster of future trunks that hung on my wall from the age of 14 to 26 before it broke. <laughs> that so is now, actually... now I got this. <laughs> That's a, now you got this. And I got that uh, Dark Knight poster behind me, too. <laughs> yep. That is actually kind of cool. It's actually kind of cool, but also it's terrible at the same yes. time. So I think yes. it's a good combination. <laughs> Um, I got Kevin a real present because that's like one of my favorite worker placement games. So tiny epic dinosaurs. Yeah. So they make a bunch of like basically 30 minute playtime that all fit into a box that size. Gotcha. Just takes on genres. And that's a worker placement where you harvest dinosaurs. Well, I like dino meeples. That's a good that's a good term there. Yeah. Also dino meeples. So <laughs> I feel accomplished. I got one of the reactions that I always like to get out of gifts I give to people. <laughs> I-, I got that reaction out of you, too. But like plus enjoyment, though. I The only thing I don't like about that gift I got you, Zach, is that it's entry grade, which means it's even more for babies than regular Gumpla. <laughs> I feel like it will color your impression of them. I think it says you need no cutters. either. It does. It, it says I, no I, tools, no paint necessary. I mean, no paint is normal, but. Well, with gunplay, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, I saw you uh, building the That's Luna true. Mario That's Zaku. true. You were there on that episode. Thank you very much if you've listened this far. I hope you have a fantastic 2022. Thank you very much for listening to us, for supporting us, even if it's just by listening every week. Come swing by the Discord and visit. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. And to all a good... I don't know. Yeah, this is you. I usually we have some sort of gimmick or yeah, bit, yeah. but I didn't have anything. <laughs> uh, oh no, we're being sent back to the regular world.